appreciate the good singing. Amen. I've never been this homesick. The more you live in this world, the more you get sick, you get homesick for the next world. Amen. And John chapter number 11, if you'll stand with us this morning uh, in reverence to the Word of God in prayer, we'll read a couple verses of Scripture, and then we'll let you have prayer and let you be seated. John chapter 11 and verse number 25. The Bible said, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do want to thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for all that you've done for us. We ask you now to bless the reading of thy word. May you be glorified in all that will be said and done. And we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach from verse number 25 on Jesus, the resurrection and the life. Jesus, the resurrection and the life. This is the fifth saying of the seven sayings, the seven I am's in the gospel of John. As Christ said in chapter number six, I am the bread of God. Then he said in chapter number eight, I am the light of the world. And then in chapter 10, he said, I am the door and I am the shepherd. And here in chapter 11, Christ claims and proclaims that he is uh, the resurrection and the life. I think about this statement this morning and we ought to consider the timing of this statement. Uh, Jesus makes this statement in a time when those who were very dear to his heart, Mary and Martha, were there on that day. And Christ makes it in a time when the, uh, Mary was very discouraged, uh, Martha was full of doubt, and Lazarus was dead. Amen? And I want to say this morning that Jesus knows what to say at the right time. Amen? He makes a great statement, and I can, we consider the timing of this statement. And then we consider the truth of this statement this morning. You know, there's been a lot of men that have claimed a lot of things. The only problem is uh, it wasn't true. Amen? And this is a big statement. This is a big claim. Uh, uh, but Christ met the and fulfilled uh, uh, the statement within itself. Uh, it's not just that he said it, but the fact that it's true. He is uh, uh, the resurrection and the life. And so we think about the timing of this statement. And then we think about the truth of this statement. And then we think about the triumph of this statement. I mean, what a statement it is within and of itself for Jesus to say, I am of the resurrection and the life. That means this morning that if Christ is that, then you and I don't have anything to worry about in this life and we don't have anything to worry about in the next life. Amen? Because he's not just physical life but thank God he's spiritual life and he's eternal life. He's the giver of life and thank God he's the resurrection and the life this morning. And all this in this, these two verses uh, uh, has to do uh, uh, with that of salvation this morning. I want to give you four things in this text here uh, concerning uh, uh, salvation and Jesus, uh, uh, the resurrection and the life. I want you to see first of all in verse number 11 we find here in this statement the basis of salvation. As Christ says, I am the resurrection and the life. Uh, that is is the basis of our salvation. I looked that word up and what it simply means, uh, uh, the word basis means cornerstone. It means foundation. It means the bedrock. Uh, uh, that's who Jesus is. When you want to talk about salvation and you want to think about the bedrock, the cornerstone of the foundation of our salvation this morning, you're going to have to talk about Jesus. Amen? Uh, for neither is there salvation any other, for there's none other name under heaven given 
among men whereby we must be saved. We're not saved through the church. We're not saved through good works. We're not saved through water baptism. We're not saved through a plan. Thank God we're saved through a person. Amen. And that person is the great I am this morning. It's all about Jesus, amen. And the basis of our salvation is about Him. You can't get to heaven without Him this morning. You can't get to heaven if you don't go through Him. I want to say, my friend, some people like to say that all roads lead to Rome. Well, if you believe in Catholicism, maybe that's true. And if you're going to Rome, maybe that's so. But all roads don't lead to heaven, amen. There's just one way, as a songwriter said, to the pearly gate. And that's the way of life and the way called straight and Jesus said I am the way of the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father but by me this morning when I think about the basis of our salvation I think about the person he said I am and then I think about the power this morning what is he? Well, he's the bread of life. He's the light of the world. He is this morning the door. He is the shepherd. But thank God he is the resurrection. Amen. What that means this morning is that Jesus not only can he create life, but thank God he can resurrect the old life. Amen. He can take that which is dead and that which is dying or that which has already died and that which is decaying and that which is done that there's no hope for. And thank God he can give it new life again. Uh, and salvation, you know what it starts with? It starts with a resurrection this morning. Y'all still with me, aren't you? I thought some of you might be looking at the Christmas tree. Amen. I'm telling you this morning, he is the resurrection and the life. And the person. And I think about the power this morning. The power to get us up out of the grave. The power to give us new life in Christ. The power to not just give us the physical, but thank God to give us the spiritual. The power to regenerate that which is dead in our life. I thank God for that saving power this morning. And the basis of our salvation is seen in the person. It's seen in the power. But then it's seen in the product. Amen. Look what he said. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Not just any life. And in this in the context of this scripture this morning, he is going to give Lazarus his life back. He's going to give him physical life. But Jesus is only doing that to illustrate that he has the power to give life. But the life that he wants to give this morning is much more than this temporary, this earthly, this physical. He wants to give new life. He wants to give spiritual life. He wants to give of eternal life this morning I see the basis of our salvation and then I see this morning the believer in salvation look what he said in verse 25 I am the resurrection and the life look what he said he that believeth in me though he were dead yet shall he live Notice that the believer in salvation, I see the faith in it. He said, he that believeth in me. I think the question this morning for all of us is, do you believe in Jesus Christ this morning? 
Do you believe Him to be your Lord and your Savior? Do you believe Him to be your Master and your Redeemer this morning? What are you putting your faith in? The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 that God gives every man a measure of faith. And my friend, God gives us the ability to believe in someone and to believe in something. And man will put his faith in something or in someone. He may put his faith in himself, but he'll die without God. He may put his faith in some form of organized religion, but he'll die without God. My friend, this morning, where does your faith lie? What are you trusting to get you to heaven? If you're trusting an experience, then you'll not go to heaven. If you're trusting a feeling, then you'll not go to heaven. I want to say this morning, the greatest place to put your faith is to put your faith in the Word of God and in the Son of God, He that believeth in me. You see, I'm not saved because I went to an altar and that's a good place to get saved. Amen. I'm not saved because I shed tears. Some people got saved and maybe they shouted. And some people got saved and they didn't shout and they didn't cry. But they still got saved. Amen. But I'm not saved because I shed tears. I'm not saved because of anything that I've done this morning. My faith is not in me. But thank God my faith is in Him. My faith is in what He did at Calvary. He's the resurrection. He's the life. He's the great I am. I want to say this morning the believer and salvation is not that we're trusting ourselves, but we're trusting Him this morning. You see, a lot of times people complicate salvation. And salvation is not a complicated thing. It's very simple. We'll see that here in just a moment. But the reason man complicates salvation because man has got to get past that he cannot do anything to be saved. If you're trusting anything that you did, then you can't do anything to be saved. And there are people that are saved but they struggle with their salvation because they're trying to pinpoint something about that experience. Amen? I'll tell you it'll be a good day in your life when you quit trying and you just start trusting. Amen? I remember one lady that got saved in this church years ago and she's in heaven now but she said she went to the altar several times and she tried to recap what she already had because she couldn't remember every single detail of what happened and I said to her I said well I said let me ask you a question I said do you know that you're married and she said well of course I know I'm married I said I bet one of the reasons you know you're married is because somebody lives in your house and she said yes I said do you remember every single detail about your wedding day and she said no she said I've forgotten most of those details I said but you know that you're married because somebody's living inside the house with I said, I'll tell you, that's how you know you're saved. It's because if you've been born again, there's somebody living on the inside. Thank God if you can go back to the day. And thank God if we're going back to the time. But if you've been born again, there ought to be evidence right here. And there ought to be evidence right now that there's life on the inside. Say, Brother Grabley, don't you think when people get saved, they know? Oh, of course they do. But I think sometimes the devil plays with their mind because maybe you got saved when you were six or seven or eight years old. You say, do you think a seven-year-old can get saved if they've been under conviction and they trust Jesus? Yes. But at seven years old, you don't know everything that a 17 or a 27-year-old knows. 
sometimes when a seven-year-old gets saved, the devil will come to them later on and say, well, you didn't get saved. Because all you did was go down there and pray. And you don't even remember everything you prayed when you got saved. So how do you know that you got saved? If you got saved, somebody lives in the house with you. There's a desire to want to live for God and do the things of God. Now, if you went down there and you made a profession and you got no desire to live for God and you want to go out there and live in this world, you didn't get saved, amen? It's just that simple this morning. If you got saved, there's a hunger for the Word of God. If you got saved, there's a love for the brethren. If you got saved, God will answer some prayers in your life. If you got saved, the Spirit lives on the inside. There is now therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after after the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, uh, let us also walk in the Spirit. I didn't want to walk in the Spirit before I got saved. I didn't want to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit before I got saved. Uh, But I'll tell you, when you get born again, uh, there's a desire to please God. There's a desire to live for God. I'm telling you, that's what's wrong with some people. They've never slid forward. They're not backslid. Uh, They don't have any desire to live for God. Uh, They've been raised in church all their life. Uh, They've been raised under the shadow of the cross. Uh, But they want to live out there in this world. Uh, they want to live as this world. Uh, they're still lost in this world. their problem. Uh, but if you get born again, uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, listen, the devil may cause you to struggle, uh, but he can't take away your salvation this morning. You can only get saved one time. I'm talking about the believer in salvation, his faith. You know, I don't know why I em- keep emphasizing it this morning. But if you're here and you're struggling with your salvation, You know what you ought to do is bury up in your Bible and read it every day, every day, every day. And when you read it, pray this prayer. Say, Lord, if I'm not saved, put me under conviction. And if I am saved, give me that assurance that I need. Because I'm going to tell you what the Word of God will do. It will either condemn you or it will comfort you. And some people struggle because they don't read their Bible and they just the tempter just has his way and uses them as a punching bag back and forth, up and down. I'll tell you if you'll ever get in the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You're not going to figure everything out. But I'll tell you what you can do. You can read that book and if you're saved, it'll connect, amen, with the Spirit of God that lives inside of you and there'll be assurance. You say, well, I read it this week and didn't get it. Don't stop reading it. Just keep on reading it. You just stay with it. Somewhere's down life's road. I'll tell you what God will do. He'll take the word of God. He'll turn the light on. He'll give you peace that passeth understanding. And you have victory the rest of your life. Amen. Over the tempter. Don't let the devil run you rough shot. I'm talking about the believer in salvation. It's what starts with faith. Amen. He talks about the faith. He that believeth in me. And then he talks about the former. Look what he said. Though he were dead. Amen. I'm glad I'm not what I used to be. And you may be here this morning and say, well, I never got out and did none of those things. Uh, uh, preacher, my life didn't take a dramatic change the day that I got saved. Oh, yes, it did. Because I don't care how old you were and I don't care how clean you lived in this world. I don't care how religious you were. Guess what you were? We were all dead in our trespasses and sins. 
We were all walking dead men, dead women. I'm telling you, listen, you may have not got out and wallowed in the filth of this world, but listen, you were dead. You were running the, you were a child of wrath. Ephesians 2, chapter, chapter 2 says, you were living according to the course of this world, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I'm here to tell you this morning, morning when you got saved God brought you out of the graveyard he resurrected you from death unto life and you're alive in Christ I'm telling you I'm glad I'm not what I used to be I'm glad I'm alive in Jesus Christ my Lord this morning oh don't minimize your testimony I don't know why I keep running it but I tell you God wants me to stay on it this morning I don't care if you were nine years old when you got saved don't minimize your testimony because you didn't smoke dope. Thank God you didn't smoke dope. Because you didn't get out there and go to bars. Thank God you didn't go to bars. Amen. That's what the grace of God will do. It'll keep you out of sin. Amen. And it took just as much grace to save you off a church pew as it does off a bar stool any day. Thank God that he saved you from that life of sin. I'm glad that God saved me. No telling where I'd be at this morning. No telling where you'd be at this morning. I want to say this morning the believer in salvation is that we have a past life. Amen the faith, the former. But then notice on this concerning the believer in salvation, look at the future. Yet shall he live. You know, it feels good to be alive this morning. Even though it's kind of dead in here right now. Y'all pray. But it feels good to be alive. You know, I'm just going to preach this out. Y'all just hang with me this morning. But... You know, I look at people sometimes and that's the missing element in their life. They come to church. They carry a King James Bible. They're there. Some of them's there three times a week. Names on the church roll. They know how to look on sun, dress on for Sunday. There's no life in them. I think that's the question. We have to ask ourselves this morning. Is there life on the inside of you? Or are you dead to the things of God? Do you want to live for Jesus this morning? You see, look at me. If you want to live for Jesus, there can't nobody stop you. And if you don't want to live for Jesus, guess what? They can't nobody make you. You know that? Your pastor can't make you live for God. Your parents can't make you live for God. They'll, they'll make, they'll, they may make you while you're under their roof. But as soon as you get old enough or think you're old enough, you're going to break free. You know why? Because you're not saved. You're dead. You're like that man, in, that maniac in Mark chapter 5. They bound him with fetters many times. See, when you get saved, old-time religion isn't fetters. Amen. I'm not recovering from anything. Because this is the best thing that ever happened. The old time way. Not the liberal way, not the modern way. I don't they can do whatever they want to. I don't even care. I, I want them I care in the sense for their souls. But I don't care what they're doing this morning. Thank God I found the way. And it's a good way. And it's the right way. 
I don't care what anybody says this morning. That book's right, isn't it? That King James Bible's right. I don't care if a man's got so many degrees it'll crack a thermometer this morning. It's not going to make me nervous. Amen. Uh, listen, because that book's the final authority. I'm telling you, that book is right this morning. Uh, uh, they can make fun of shouting. They can make fun of singing. They can make fun of the old time way. Uh, listen, I'm not even going to flinch. Are you? Uh, I'm telling you, it's the best thing that ever happened to me was when I took off the old coat and put on the new. Uh, I tell you, it's the best life, praise God, uh, uh, to be in an old-fashioned church under old-fashioned preaching. Uh, they can have their booze they can have their liquor they can have their perversion they can have all their I'm telling you just give me Jesus this morning uh, give me an old fashioned church on the side of the road uh, I tell you before I got saved I wouldn't have wanted nothing to do with this neither uh, but when you get born again uh, isn't it amazing how you love the things you hate uh, and then you hate the things you love uh, that's that old time religion and it's good enough for me this morning is it good enough for you I tell you, I feel in my soul. You got to be careful about feelings. But I feel in my soul this morning. There's somebody in this building. You're just, and it's probably a young person. You're just waiting to sprout wings and fly. And you've already told yourself, I'm not getting out. I'm probably going to not finish my sermon. But you've probably, you, you've done told, the devil's lied to you. And told you, well, you can get out of this place. You can find you another place. You know, you're not going to get out of church. Just find you another place to go. It's not quite so many demands. You can get away from your parents. You don't get out and sin. Just get out there and, you know, just some things you want to do. Yeah, I've heard that. I've tried to avoid it the whole sermon. I tell you, you're in real trouble this morning. You probably need a good old-fashioned dose of salvation. You could be backslid, but I tell you, you better examine yourself. Because most of the people I see go that way, they never come back, and here's the thing that makes me think they're lost. When a man's lost, or when a man's saved, and he gets out of church. He gets out of the will of God. I don't care where he goes and what he does. He's miserable the rest of his time. Because God's chastising. When you see people get out of church and they go out there and they just, man, they're, they're smiling like a possum. They're happier than they've ever been. You chalk it up. There's no chastisement. So, Brother Gravely, you can't see it. I'm going to tell you something. When my parents whipped me when I was a kid, you couldn't see it neither. But I promise you, if you'd have been around me, you'd have saw it on my face. Isn't that right? I didn't get spankings growing up. Somebody say amen right there. We might as well just let it all go this morning. I didn't get spankings. Y'all remember the generation that never used the word spank? They used the word whip or beat. <laughs> they weren't worried about defects. And I'm not talking about child abuse. I remember one time somebody told my dad that, so I'll call dad. He said, call them. said, I'll whip them when they get here. That's right. Now, some of y'all nervous right now. I thank God I grew up. My, they, my parents never beat me a day in my life. They sure whipped me. My daddy used the belt. My mama used the hickory. Amen. 
And when they got done, you're going... <laughs> and they'd always want to ask me questions after they whipped me. I c- couldn't say nothing. I'm having convulsions, you know. But they'd like, you better say something, boy. I'm like, yeah, yes, sir. I'm, I mean, you're... That's a whipping. Never made me hate them, neither. I'm saved this morning because of two lost parents at the time who whipped me. I go back in there to my mom and my dad. I knew they weren't going to ever repent. <laughs> if you're just waiting for an I'm sorry out of them, don't hold your breath. <laughs> and I'm as a parent, I guarantee you they felt it. But they stood, and I'd go back in there and I'd tell them I'm sorry. Penance. Hey, if you're a parent here this morning, you don't whip your kids, you're doing them the greatest injustice. You don't know why kids act the way they do? Because they don't need a pill, they need a belt. Amen. That's right. Don't time out them. Come on this morning. Y'all wasn't going to say amen, so I found something better to preach on. most wonderful time of the year ain't it? I know y'all loving this aren't you sorry not really but it's amazing to me how parents don't and you start preaching it people get real nervous because they've read too many emails and they've watched Dr. Phil too much hey you go read Proverbs if thou beatest him with the rod he shall not die you might act like Scourgeth every son whom he what? He loveth. I'm going to tell you, you love your kids, you whip them. You don't whip them without a cause. You have prayer with them. You talk to them. You don't whip them out of anger. Don't whip, don't, you know, the parent that tells their child 14 times, don't do that. And then they get aggravated because it's number 15. Their child don't, then they whip them out of anger. That's not of God neither. Give them a warning and a whipping. Amen. Because I'll tell you why it's important when the Holy Ghost comes to them, if you've never whipped them, they're going to ignore him just like they ignore you. Or they're going to try to manipulate him just like they try to manipulate you. Amen. How many of you whipped your kids and before you ever started whipping them? They just, I mean, they was doing an army, I mean, an Indian dance. Yeah, I hadn't even touched them. And girls are good at it. Amen. Well, that's all in that text right there this morning. But I'll tell you this, I really believe the Holy Spirit's dealing with somebody. You better get right with God if you've got the far country on your mind. I really think this the Lord's sending you a warning this morning. Now, if you walk out of here and forget about it, you'll go ahead and go home and read Luke 15 and see how it turned out for that boy because that's where you're going to be at one day. That's your life. That's where you're headed to. The only saving grace in that was that boy come to himself in the hog pit. Some people, they wind up the graveyard. Or they wind up with the scars that they can never reverse. And I'm glad there's grace this morning. And I'm glad there's mercy. But if, hey, young person, if you don't have scars, why don't you listen to your parents? 
And parents, don't let your children talk to you just any old way. I mean, fire their backside up this morning. Fire their, go get you a switch, amen? Go get you a belt and wear them out while you can. Better do that. Some of you mothers under conviction right now because you've talked to them till you're blue in the face. I wouldn't do no talking. I'd just do some whipping. Amen. I remember when, before I came here to the church, for about a year and a half, I sat in the church with Miss Nolita and the girls. She had a little wooden spoon she kept in the diaper bag. I was afraid of that wooden spoon. I asked her one day, I said, hit me with that, see if that hurts. Well, she did. I said, stop. And you know what she could do? She could tell them one time, at two and three years old, don't you do that. And then and she'd pull that spoon out like, like, like a knight pulling a sword out. She'd just pull it out real slow out of that diaper bag, you know. And I could see their hands go to trembling, you know. She'd lay it right there on the pew. And she didn't have to say it a second time. Amen. And this morning, how about it, parents? I didn't come to preach on the home, but I reckon God wants us to this morning. Train them up in the way they should go. Your father, our father, he loves us too much to let us live any other way. And when we start going astray, we don't go but a few steps. And guess what? He starts chasing us, don't he? He gives us a warning. He gives us correction. He gives us chastisement. Amen. And uh, I see how sometimes kids act in public. And you know if they act that way in public, it's far worse at home. And our homes are going to hell in a handbasket because we don't have family altar and we don't have discipline in our home like we used to. Am I telling the truth this morning? That's why we're in so much trouble. We've let the world scare us to death. I want to tell you, this morning, I don't think we ought to. That generation didn't believe in child abuse. And they've stretched that out. Hey, teachers don't even paddle in schools no more. And look at the shape of our schools today. When I was sitting in school, most of you sitting in school, it wasn't nothing to hear the crack of a paddle down the hallway. I mean, it sounded like, listen, it sounded like a 308 going off down the hallway somewhere. Amen. I mean, they, every teacher, every male teacher wore a paddle in his back pocket. And he had the signature of all of his victims on it, didn't he? I mean, they walked all carried a big stick, and guess what? Everybody in, everybody in school respected teachers. We respected police officers. We respected our parents. Hey, a neighborhood I grew up in, they whipped everybody else's kids too. You got caught with a friend and they got a whipping. If you were there, you're probably getting one too. And then when you got home and your parents found out, they didn't go down to the neighbor's house and argue with them. Why'd you whip? No, they whipped you too. That's too much for some to swallow this morning, I know. But I'm going to tell you something. There wasn't no school shootings back in. Every boy had a pickup truck and not a girl. Amen. 
Every boy had a pickup truck and had a 12-gauge New England shotgun in the back of it hanging on a gun rack. And nobody ever thought about going in and shooting nobody. You know why? Because they were taught respect and authority. Amen. How about it this morning as we stand? We need revival in our homes. Hey, probably a prodigal. You need, it's in your heart this morning. Why don't you get right with God? How about it today? Hey, Mom, Dad, why don't you? I, I'm telling you, that's a million miles from my mind this morning. If you love them children, love them. Teach them, train them, discipline them. Do what's right. Don't whip them without a cause. Don't whip them out of anger. I tell you, do it, do it. use a biblical principle. Do it the right way. Train them upright. Amen. Young person this morning, our heads bowed, eyes are closed. I wonder if they's a young person. It could be an adult. I wonder if they's a young person. You need to get on this altar. You need to get right with God this morning. Maybe you need to be saved. I don't know. But you're, you're, you've got plans, and it ain't God's plan. I can tell you that. You're going to ruin your life. what you're going to do. God sends you a warning this morning. If you don't listen to that warning, I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to regret it one day. You're going to regret it one day. Now listen, God has good things for you. He, he, has, he has a good life planned for you today. Don't mess it up. Please don't mess it up. Listen to the counsel that's in your life. Go to them. Maybe you need to go to your parents and tell them you're sorry. For things you've said, things you've thought, things you've done. Why don't you repent? End this year right and start the new year off right. I sure didn't plan to preach it, but I know God redirected that way this morning and I want you to know I wouldn't say anything to be ugly to you I love you I want you to have victory God more importantly wants you to have victory and he's the only one who can give it to you this morning while we sing if you need to come would you obey God this morning search me would you let him do that oh God hey mom hey dad come on this morning do business with God don't you be the stumbling block Hey, don't ever tell your, your children, don't you tell your daddy this. Don't you tell your mama this. Oh, if that's you this morning, you better come. You'll lose them kids. You'll lose them with that kind of mentality. Yes. Right spirit. Lord, help me keep the right spirit. Yes. Cleanse me from every sin and sin. Yes. Why we sing another verse? Maybe you need to come this morning. You obey God this morning. Oh.
Grand.